Welcome to season two of Guest of the Year. I'm the host. My name's Mike. This week's guest setlist curator is guitarist and owner of Jerry Tone Store, Jay Ferris. Jerry Tone Store is a web shop that stocks parts that will help your guitar reproduce Jerry's signature sound and lots more. Jay is also an accomplished guitarist and plays in the band Blue Light Bandits. You can watch videos of Jay inserting Jerry's tone into songs like Ophelia, Cool in the Gang, Celebration, and even the Home Depot theme song on the Jerry Tone Store Instagram page. Links to all of those pages are in the show notes. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. Dude, this is, this is so fun to be here. What a cool show. Well, thank you for doing it. Uh, Jay's got some great picks. Can't wait to hear them. Here's how the game works. We'll play the first part of a Grateful Dead live track, and each contestant will use the messaging system to silently guess which year their performance is from. Contestants who are all on a video conference together can message in their guesses at any time during the clip or in the 10 seconds after it concludes. Whoever is furthest from the correct year is eliminated. The last two deadheads standing will hear three tracks, and whoever is closest in aggregate to the correct years wins. This week's prize pack provider is Where's Trey. Where's Trey is an independent artist team who uh, draws pictures that are in the Where's Waldo style, except instead of looking for Waldo, you're looking for Trey. The amount of detail in these drawings really is on par with those Where's Waldo books that everyone loved growing up. So cool. Hundreds, I don't know, many hundreds of little figurines and cartoons and fish references that I understand and a lot of fish references that I do not understand. Really check it out. The link to Where's Trey's Etsy shop is in the description. Thank you again to Paul and Neil over at Where's Trey. We've got our returning champion Steve here with us who three-peated to end the season and then went on to win the Tournament of Champions. And we'll meet the rest of the Deadheads in a moment. But first, without further ado, The Grateful Dead. That was Deal at Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York on September 7th, 1973. Very fun deal, Jay. Why did that one stick out to you? Why'd you choose it? Uh, so because I'm not inherently a, uh, a date sort of person, I have to look at the Grateful Dead timeline from the perspective of like what 
guitars and effects and amps and stuff Jerry was using and how that sound changes over time. Um, and so I've been picking, you know, I'm not going to give away anything else, uh, but this one was Wolf's first show in 73. And um, I like Deal as just a classic representation of like, how jerry sounded in that year i feel like it's it can change from season to season even but um this is a year where alligator remnants were sort of put into wolf in, and and wolf was born uh so yeah first first wolf show and that's why i chose it how'd everybody do um <laughs> well, well here in a sec when you okay. say remnants were put uh were put into it what do you mean like how did that process occur so obviously like i i cannot claim with 100 percent certainty to know any of this but i'm grateful to be friends with a guy named mike wald uh who has had a, a pipeline so to speak with healy for many years and healy sort of likes to he'll drop these nuggets but he'll never give you the full picture and so waldo is like the ultimate translator and uh with some recent discoveries you're we were made i think it was probably last year or the year before where we learned wall of sound wolf which was always assumed to have like a an onboard effect uh obel um it didn't have obel in 74 sorry but it was always assumed to have a buffer um it didn't have a buffer it was just a passive setup we learned alligator was a passive setup in uh 72 in europe uh, there was a blaster, a couple shows um, for maybe two or three shows that, but it was an experiment and multiple people, big Steve said no battery in Europe. Uh, Healy said no, it, you know, it was finally revealed. So now we're kind of in this interesting year for Jerry where he's, he's still pre active guitar. Um, and you can hear it's just sort of a classic Fender single coily sound, even though it's a custom guitar built by Doug Irwin. But it doesn't really have that signature like wolf sound that we associate with 77, 79 era. So. Well, I'm yeah. glad you're here, Jay. <laughs> Dude, sorry, I'm going <laughs> to <I'll laughs> explode with some nerd of man. But... You're in the right place, man. <laughs> Everyone got it except Thomas. Uh, so Rich, Steve, and Larry on the next round. Thomas was one year off in 1974. Oh, good guess, man. starting out hot, man. Jesus, oh, no root margin for error. Um, <laughs> How'd you... Oh, that one's... Oh. Steve, we'll go back to our returning champ to start things off. What did you hear there? How'd you ID 73 versus, you know, 74 probably? Well, that's really interesting what you said, Jay, about the the pickups and the active versus passive and the difference in, in Wolf's tone between uh, pre-hiatus and post-hiatus and after the, uh, you know, the Travis Bean guitar and all that, because Wolf changed a lot when it came back. And so when the first initial riff of Deal came in, I'm like, well, that's 73. <clears throat> um because I just just like the drum tone and the but when you said that was Wolf's first show, I'm like that's so weird because it sounded like Alligator, but now it makes sense because it was basically using the guts it's from the, Alligator and, and the or the same amps. Similar. Even you know he hasn't changed his yep. whole amps. He just got a new guitar, a lot of the same components. You know, maybe even the same pickup. Yep. So great, great observation. Good ear. So yeah, that's 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 what I had. That was great. Thanks. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, just to refresh everyone, Steve is 52 from Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Rich is also on the next round. Rich is 56 from New York City. 
Rich, nice pull in 73. What'd you hear there? Um, well, first of all, I have no musical technical background, so I'll be taking everybody's uh, intellect way down. Um, what I heard was just general 73. Uh, I heard Bobby's actually guitar, which uh, is sort of a giveaway for me. And also Garcia's vocals in 73 have a little bit of twang to it. And so that's just what I went with. What about Bob's guitar? What signaled 73 to you? Uh, it has that sort of, I, I don't even know how to, it, it was like, it wasn't as uh, clankety clank as maybe 73. It has like sort of like a slight, it's, it was a big guitar, I think. And it was a, a slight muffle. Got it. It's sort of how it's sort of it's, it's how I got it. I don't know. I love hearing people describe Bob's guitar. There's a lot of different onomatopoeia there. It's uh, and they're always right. Uh, yeah, like clankety clank. They're all valid. Yeah. Uh, awesome, Rich. Glad to have you. You're on in the next round. As is Larry. Um, Larry is 54 from Vermont. So Larry, nice pull. What uh, what'd you hear there? Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of what people said, but the uh. I just heard so much 73 lately with the 50th anniversary of so much stuff going on this year. There've been a lot of that, um, which is awesome because by far one of my favorite years. So uh, uh, it just sounded like 73, big, uh, big, nice Keith banging away, coming in there strong. Um, I agree with Jerry's vocals, just kind of sounded 73 to me. If you had said it was 74, probably wouldn't have surprised me, but went with 73. Nice pull. Okay, Thomas is the one who... uh was only one year off and was punished mercilessly for it. Sorry, Thomas. Uh, he is 37 from Montreal, Canada, back on Guest of the Year. Why 74? And were you considering 73? <laughs> I was, actually, yeah. It was either like 72 to 74. I heard Keith kind of getting jazzy there. Didn't sound like the later Keith years where it was just like kind of lazy. Um, yeah, tough one, tough one. Brutal. I mean, that's the classic 73 versus 74. Um, how did you get into the dead? Yeah. How'd you get into the dead? Oh, man. Uh, kind of grew up like, like I said, New Brunswick, Canada, which borders Maine. So uh, I don't know, a lot of deadheads in my high school. I was DJing my high school cafeteria and uh, the guy in the DJ booth with me, there was like a little like radio station in my cafeteria and he played Shakedown Street studio version. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Went home and like Napstered the shit out of Grateful Dead and just like downloaded as much as I could. And I've been obsessed ever since. That was when I was like 14. So, but yeah. And you were telling me before, there, and there's not a ton of deadheads in Montreal. No, there's not. Um, but when you do find one, it's like, whoa, like, let's be friends immediately. <laughs> but I just met, like I said, I just met Brad Barr, who was playing with uh, Kreutzmann's band. Billy and the Kids, um, which was pretty cool to meet him recently. And uh, yeah, we've been vibing. I told him that I was going on the show. He's pretty stoked. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, Thomas. Larry, Steve, and Rich are on to the next round, trying to get it down to two for the three-song final series. Jay has more awesome picks lined up. Let's hear the next one.
Doll at the Omni in Atlanta on June 20th, 1974. Jay, always good to get a China Doll on here. Uh, why, uh, why that one? Uh, so this one was my good friend Waldo's pick. Uh, he was the first person I hit up when, I, when you asked me to be on the show. And I was like, oh, dude, like I have to get one from you because he knows the timeline better than anybody. Um, and this is one of the weirdest pieces of gear that Jerry really ever used. And I think it was a one-off. I think it was, this is the only time, uh, he sends this to me and I say, is that a fuzz? He goes, good ear, but it's a fuzz wah. And so there was a pedal called the color sound fuzz wah that clearly Jerry played. And I don't think liked very much. <laughs> and, uh, and we don't see it reappear throughout the rest of the timeline. Um, I'm not, you know, China Doll's not my favorite one yet. It's still growing on me. I need to do a lot more listening to it. Um, but that was a, a very specific, fun sort of see if anybody would be a little thrown off by the weird effect use pick. So I don't know how he came into this pedal, but it was used. It, that was actually my question. It's like, how did Jerry get new gear? Again, a lot of this is hypothesis but dan healy is really after alembic sort of goes out of the picture dan is the the person that's working on jerry's instruments he's modding jerry's amps um he was basically it sounds like he was able to translate anything that jerry was expressing from like uh i want this out of my rig you can see he changes one thing one year likes it He'll keep that. He'll change the next element. And then eventually by like 70, 78, really, I think it's uh, fall of 78 is when you see Wolf get the configuration that he just kind of takes and, and runs with for the rest of his career uh, with obviously continued tweaks. But that's really, it takes him from, you know, the 60s playing around with all kinds of different guitars in the 72, he finds the amps that he likes. Uh, 74, he finds that he can sort of condense those amps to a more efficient setup. 76, he gets his guitars almost where he wants them. 78 is where it's like, oh, shit, like amps, guitars. That's that's pretty much Jerry's sound dialed. Um, so I like these early 70s because you can hear these experiments just on and off constantly. Do you have a favorite Jerry tone? Favorite year? A favorite year, yeah. Uh, that was one of my uh, my alternative picks, but it, I didn't have enough emotional attachment to the actual show date. But 89 is my, there's just, there's something I love so much about that. I think it's because it's a lot of that sound is um, around the years that my dad would listen to around the house growing up. 
So I think it's just something that I heard early on that really resonates with me. And I was born in 96. So, you know, I have no, no connection to the, the music while it was in its, its true first form or whatever. But I, I uh, kind of try to relive it by <laughs> making it myself, I guess. Like it's the only, only option I have. So. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a crack job at it. Um, Thanks, wait, so what, sorry, what, what, <laughs> why was this guitar different in 89 than it was 90 and 88? Uh, great question. 88, you see a return to the pickups that he was using from 78 to 80, December 81. Uh, so he gets these DiMarzio pickups, these new dual sound pickups, which give him a couple options, um, of sounds he can use the, coils on them in uh parallel or series and it just you know part of that helps shape his uh tone and it's right there at his fingertips he's that's probably the first component in the uh, outside of his hands you know it's the pickups um so 78 that's a big thing that comes along 82 they get changed to a different model 88 he returns to those pickups that he used when he kind of found his sound uh, and so there's something warm and familiar about that. They're a little hotter. They're a little, they, they make the amp sort of growl a little more. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I could, I could nerd out for hours about the little changes, but. It's... Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I think a lot of us perceive them, but can't identify what the root cause is. So yeah, that's the whole journey. Like it, it's hard to especially if you're not good with dates like me, like I've, it's taken me years of hearing the same shit over and over again to finally be like, yeah, oh, okay. I know, I know where the swaps happened, but very cool. Yeah. Um, well, Steve and Rich got it exactly 74. Uh, Larry guessed 77. So you, you did trick him with your fuzz. Um, <laughs> um, Rich, you're on a little heater here. Nice pull. You're on to the finals. Uh, how did you get 74 there? Well, first of all, I, I was like, I almost got scared hearing that China doll. Like, I was like, what is that? Um, and China doll is a very confusing one over the years, I personally like. Um, but for me, and again, the only thing I know about technical stuff is that soundboards sound better than audiences. But what I, uh, what I heard, well, first of all, I think 74 in the wall of sound can be very confusing. Sometimes it's crystal clear, like with the bass or whatever, and other times it's, it's not as discernible. In this one, I thought Phil's bass was very low, um, but, um, but, you know, Garcia sounded like that he was under a uh, spotlight, very quiet. And my secret edge in 1974 with the wall of sound is that Bill Kreutzmann is in my forehead and in the mix. And that's how I got it. Is it in your forehead? Like you feel, yeah. you feel it in your... Uh... No, no, no. It, it, the sound in the mix right? It's, oh. it's in the center on the top of my head. And that's how I know it's the wall of sound. Whoa. Um, and everyone, I everyone mean, immediately again, nodded. Except I, I know no dumbass. technical stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that's my new trick now too, Rich. Thanks. Love that, man. It's <laughs> always awesome. learning new uh, tricks on guests of the year, even after 44 episodes now. Uh, thank you, Rich. You're on the finals. 
Uh, Steve, you also guessed 74. Um, yeah, talk to us. When that, when it first started playing, my first thought was some, like, I thought there was like a 74, uh, meltdown jam, but then it very quickly, oh, like, oh, there's, there's China doll. And then it was that fuzz tone that's very specific to that, that tour. I don't know if it was just one show. I think there was a couple more, but not a lot. Um, and I can't, uh, you would probably know it. It just kind of feels like it just kind of feels like it's, it's made a few appearances, but not a ton. It didn't last very long, but it's very distinct, you know, and kind of like what Rich was saying, there's a weird, like the, the wall of sound started getting developed in, you know, 73 pretty earnestly, but it was after the Cal palace show in March, I think it's three twenty three. that like the tone changed of the soundboards and I can't tell you why but it just did and uh so that's kind of i was like oh well that's that's the actual wall of sound sound and it, you're i mean rich is spot on like the drums are just different and phil's bass in particular um comes through a little differently so that was it good pick <laughs> yes that was mm-hmm. deep oh and by the way if you, uh, my favorite china doll is 319.90 i'm gonna write it that down. whole second st- that three that 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 whole second set will it it's the china doll listen to the whole thing because the china doll just brings it all right on home man <laughs> steve you're on to the finals uh larry 77 uh what was uh what what tripped you up there i don't know i uh i knew it wasn't 77 but i typed it in anyway um that fuzz tone really threw me um and I'm sitting here listening to, I'm like, what is this tone? We got this Jerry tone dude. And he's like uh, throwing this stuff out at us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I couldn't get, past it. but, but honestly, I, I was kind of debating between 74 and something a little bit later. Um, and it, it just, it threw me off. Uh, everything everybody said, you know, if I, I'm kind of like hearing it back a little bit now and I don't know why I didn't put 74, but, uh, but I didn't. And, uh, there you go. So Larry, how did you get into the dead? Uh, you know, it just kind of happened. I, um, in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I was learning music, listen to everything I could growing up in New Jersey, listen to good New York radio stations. Um, I didn't have like the older brother or sister to turn me on to stuff, but my, my buddy Tom did. And we spent a lot of time in his sister's uh, room, listening to her records. Um, and she had a couple of dead ones in there. Uh, and so like, cause I'm, I'm like learning music and stuff. Like I, I, you know, they weren't on the radio a lot, but occasionally, uh, and I just always had this sense that there was something different about this band and different about their fans. And there was something else there. And I could, I, you know, I was kind of like seeking it out, like trying to figure it all out. Um, and while that was all kind of going on, I was also like hounding my parents to like, let me go to concerts, rock concerts. And it was the summer after eighth grade when they finally let me go to, go to shows. Um, and that September that came to MSG played a couple nights, September 82. Uh, so me and a buddy went up the, the first night and I remember my, uh, my dad insisted on driving us up to the show as a, you know, 13 and, uh, uh, on the way up, we were talking about this other guy that we went to school with that was going both, that was going to go both nights. And we're both like, I don't know, like we just wanted to see like as many shows and as many bands as we could. So we're like, why would you go two nights or whatever? Um, you know, we're, it's going to be great. We're going tonight. But driving home, it's like, shit, I want to go tomorrow. <laughs> 
you know? Uh, <laughs> so I just had, it was a blast. It was awesome. Had the time of my life. And, uh, you know, I said, wanted to go back the next night. Couldn't go back the next night. But when they came back around to the Meadowlands and, you know, April 83, went both nights and they came back to the garden, October 83, went both nights and on and on and on. So your dad pulled up to Madison Square Garden and he just hopped out of the car? You got it. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm thinking of like ba- basketball players now who like whenever they go to the garden, they always like try to score 50. Do you think the, yep. the dead tried to score 50 at the garden? I think to a degree. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, you know, those, they've talked about that, that it was definitely something that they, um, it was a place that they like look for, were looking forward to playing when they finally got to play there. And they talk about kind of the bounce, you know, how the whole thing suspended and the floral kind of move and bounce. They talk about how that, you know, kind of, they can feel the energy that way. Um, I, and the energy in there was always, always top notch. I mean, I'll tell you the, so that St. Stephen show, right. In 83, when they broke out St. Stephen, um, I, I kind of I felt like I could kind of see the energy coming from the stage and emanating across throughout the whole arena. Like I was sitting, I was kind of like halfway, kind of like you know where center court would be, looking to the the band on my left. And when they started, they were just kind of you know getting into it. It was coming into St. Stephen, and people were starting to recognize it. And you could almost see this wave of recognition across the venue as pe- more and more people realized what they were playing, and the energy just just peaked and peaked and. Uh, Oh, yeah, I mean so that. Cool. It was it was wild. Like I could, you could literally see it was like a wave, you know. And um, I don't know that I've seen exactly that at another venue. It's cool you're at that show. Yeah, That's that was amazing. Fun. Um, it was good times. Larry, thank you so much for coming on Guest of the Year. It was uh, yeah, hey, real for pleasure. Sure. Uh, I wish I could stay longer, but you guys, good luck to you guys, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thank definitely, you. Larry. Thank you. So that was Mississippi Half Step at Oakland Auditorium Arena on August 5th, 1979. Um, Jay, why that one? That was Jerry's first solo uh, on stage, at least, uh, with his new guitar, Tiger. It's his first guitar that was made like 
kind of with all the parts that he had settled on and delivered. So it wasn't something that had to be gutted and modified and modified and modified. It was like kind of from the get go. He's like, yep, this is it. It's basically Wolf. You know, it's it's almost Wolf's um, everything sound wise at that point. Um, but then it changes only in 82 and again in 88. And that's really all that happens to Tiger. So it's sort of his most consistent, most loved, most Jerry guitar in my my opinion. I, I don't know. I like it, there's just this nervousness to uh, not maybe wrong word, but like sort of excitement of like you can hear him sort of jump the gun on a change i think and he's like i could i've been there with playing a guitar for the first time and you're getting used to the feel and it's it's fun it's exciting <laughs> okay so steve was closer he guessed 1980 rich he was one year off rich was two years off in 1977 um so steve goes up one uh point ahead in the finals here steve you were you guessed 1980 uh what was your thought process i almost said 79 <laughs> um i was right because i was waiting to hear uh you know brent midland and his plinky keys which were way back way back in the mix i'm like is there even a, what's going on and then i heard that I'm like, okay so that put it 7980 and and man i've watched that august show it's up on youtube great black and white video so i've watched like i've seen that but for some reason it was J jerry's vocals and i thought i couldn't tell is that the Irwin looking phil's bass that he was playing in 80 or was it big brown and i couldn't so i just i uh, so it could have i was like it could be 79 it could be 81 so i went 80 i played the game rich 77 talk to us yeah i mean well that did not uh, strike me is what I hear in 79. 79 can be kind of confusing um, because it's a transition and there's a bit of a, again, in my technical expertise of a muffled Garcia and a little bit more pronounced Bobby Cowboy, um, little clankety clank in 79. And I didn't, uh, I didn't hear that. I did not, I, I'll be interested in re-listening when, when this goes up because I did not hear the keyboards at all. Uh, and I'd actually was going to go with 78 because 78 is a little bit more sloppy than 77. I thought it was one of those, it doesn't have the classic sort of runaway freight train vibe of 1977. I thought it was like almost a little bit of like a slow 77 where it would be a head fake. But, you know, I think what, what, what I went with 77 was because I forget in 79 that Phil's bass is pronounced and that can masquerade a 77 feel. If any of this makes it any does. sense. It's but awesome. this is it does. It does. Totally. Dude, all of these guesses are so valid. Like the explanations, I'm sitting here going, yeah, I think I probably would have guessed that too. You know, if somebody had thrown that at me, like I, there's so many ways you almost play tricks on yourself where you're like, you latch on to a certain thing and you think, Oh, it sounds really close to this month that I know really well, but turns out it's a year away. It's always oh, throws totally. me off. Um, Rich, you're a you're another you're a New York City guy. Um, how'd you get into the Dead? I'm guessing you saw them at the Garden as well. I I did see them at the Garden, but I um 
you know, I, I, I listened, uh, you know, as uh, Larry was saying, like classic rock in the New York area. And I, I knew, you know, like Truckin', Uncle John's Band or Sugar Mags, whatever was on the radio. But I went to college in upstate New York and there was a full on Ph.D. deadhead at 18 years old who was uh, already a tour road veteran from New Haven. And his name was Eagle. And he lived on my floor and his older brother was a deadhead. And he, um, I remember going into his room and, you know, by the time I left that smoke filled room, I was on the bus and I'm just so grateful to be here that, that I'm not crazy and I'm not alone. And, uh, you know, the thing about the dead is that, you know, through good times and bad, you know, the older I get, the lyrics take on more meaning, you know, dust off those rusty strings one more time, you know, like can't quit for trying, you know, can't win for trying, you know all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I really, to be frank, I've learned a lot uh, about life um, through the music and it's always been there. And there are certain songs, no matter what's going on in my life, you know, I just, you know, you put it on and you're like, there's no way I can't run down the street, you know, with my hands in the air. You know yes. what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, that. That's the best. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my thing. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, awesome, Rich. Well, uh, Steve is has one point. Rich has two points. The idea is to be as low as possible after three songs. Let's move on to the second song of the three song final. Let's hear Jay's pick. Okay, the guesses are in. Space. At Morgantown Civic Center in Morgantown, West Virginia, on April 10th, 1983. Uh, <laughs> Steve didn't nail that. Um, uh, Stop. <laughs> Rich, remember how you said you were glad to see that you weren't crazy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, 
I was in the bathroom during that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a there's a story that I'll tell when Mike asks me about. Oh that. my! Um, there's a there's a thing that goes with that. I, that is deep. That is deep, bro. What's fucked <laughs> up is that I I saw his answer and I wasn't even surprised at all. I was like, yep, it's not the night. Didn't even <laughs> didn't even flinch at that one. No. Nope. Hang out too long, Steve. Um. Okay. Jay has a good story actually too for that one. Ta- tell us about that oh. space. Um, so oh that was, you know, the month uh, that my dad was a senior in college and he was about to take his final exams and he was uh, looking at a D in one of his classes and he had to go to office hours. And the professor said, now, Eric, if you, you know, if you take this final, you got a chance of raising your grade up to something. He said, but it's an optional final. And my dad goes, so you're saying if I take the final and I do poorly, I'll fail the class? He goes, yep. Uh, and he said, so I'll just probably not take the final and just I think I'm okay with that D. And then continued to follow the Grateful Dead to every show on their summer tour. <laughs> so so that was uh, my dad was he loved the music. He wasn't quite into, you know, his his squad was into the traditional Grateful Dead. I asked him earlier this year i said were you ever on the lot he goes jay i don't remember ever really being on the lot he said i just like having a mission getting to go and record the shows um and he said i remember loving every moment of the music um so he taped probably 45 shows from about 81 to 83 probably last show in 84 and then sort of became a you know a grown-up for a little while and uh it's been really fun to connect with him in a way where i think he's sort of opening himself back up to the the world of grateful dead and going oh oh my i think it's it's grown and shifted since he was a participant um but yeah he taped that one and i i wanted to include one that he recorded and i think there was one moment in in there where i heard he said he always set his levels pretty low so because he never wanted the levels to clip and i was like oh that's awesome he goes i didn't know what i was doing he said i just didn't like what it distorted uh, but I think there was a moment where Jerry does a little pull off thing where I think you can hear my dad's mics maybe clip. It was so, so loud. <laughs> wow. So when did, so yeah, I guess that kind of ties into how you got into the dead because your dad got you into the dead. Yeah. But he will tell you if he was here now, he'd go, yeah, but I didn't force anything. <laughs> He's very adamant. He's like, we did not push the Grateful Dead on Jay one bit. Uh, but I've been telling people a lot recently. I've, I've been remembering this very early memory of listening to victim or the crime, uh, the studio version on my dad's stereo with him. And I just remember this like deep feeling of worry because of the music. And it wasn't like I, the, the environment was fun. I was listening to music with my dad, but I was like, why am I scared, uh, of this song? And and at that age, I recognized there was something so emotionally powerful about the band. Um, but it kind of took me until high school to turn around from like, oh, you know, that's that's my dad's music to, oh, shit, this is I'm deeply connected with these sounds um, in, in some way, shape or form. And so the sounds of childhood, him playing it around the house just stuck with me and sort of emerged around age 13. And then it's just been, you know, 27 now. So however many years of searching as a as a guitar player for sort of the sound and some of the feel and just see what it was all about because they were ahead of their time yeah um 
I hear a lot of kids listening to like Dire Wolf or Truckin' or something. Not a lot of kids listening to Victim of the Crime. Uh, I love <laughs> yeah, it. I well, the first song I ever heard was as a baby on the way home from the hospital was I Will Take You Home by, by uh, you know, Brent singing his. It's not a, a crowd favorite, but I listen to that song. I just get goosebumps. I don't remember that moment, unfortunately, but somewhere in my soul, it's got to be got to be there. Brilliant. And so when yeah. did you go from the deadhead you were as a young guy to like having your own store that, has, that you can that was- <laughs> Jerry's tone with? I mean, yeah, that's a big, yeah. big difference. You get to a point where you spent so much money that you're like, okay. I think like if I'm going to do any more of this, I have to justify it by it being, you know, something that is a business of mine. Because uh, it's just as a guitar player, you, I'm very torn by, uh, you know, I love chasing music and I love chasing gear and sounds and electronics, but I'm not good enough to be a virtuoso at either. So I live in this really fun middle ground of like, oh, I can kind of talk to musicians and get what they're all about. And I can talk to tech guys and get like a glimpse of kind of what they're about. And if I fuse them together, then maybe like I'll I'll accomplish something. <laughs> so I think the deadhead thing has always driven the technical exploration, amps and circuits. Um, and it's, yeah, they're, they're really just so interwoven. Um, but it's really the last five years that I've looked into circuits and building guitars and then you get one guy who says, hey, can you do these guitars for me? Set them up. Sure. And then soon enough, you have uh, a long queue of people waiting to get their instruments modded. So that's where we're at right now. And that's the mods are generally the same. They want it to sound like Jerry's tone. It's the fun thing. And as Waldo's gotten closer um, and it just more information over these years, we've really been able to go from uh, here's kind of a 70s sound. Here's an 80s sound. Here's like the 90s a little bit. That was where we were at. And now it's really as specific as pick a year. And we pretty much tell you the gear that you need to use to um, to sound like that guitar in that year. Now, sounding like Jerry, that's another thing. You got to, I think I, I've always been very uh, adamant, like, hey, although I love gear and I'm fascinated by it got to learn to play the instrument too, like just as much, if not way more <laughs> than learn your gear, but nice gear can be fun. And so, yeah, sounding like your favorite year of the Grateful Dead, who doesn't want to have that experience? Uh, all that info, the links to the Jerry Tone actual store and the Instagram are in the show notes. Uh, really brilliant, Jay. Thank you. Um, and Steve, how the fuck did you pull that 83? Okay, so my good friend and past guest of the year contestant, Jack, um, we, he, Jack, and I'm not kidding, is an 83 space fanatic. <laughs> he no thinks way. space from 1983, <laughs> like he, we almost started a podcast just about 83 space. We just haven't done it because we haven't had gotten our shit together, right? But like, like that's Jack's like favorite music. <laughs> he just like, and so that he'll just send them kind of out of the blue through realist and like, Hey, we got another one, you know? And so there's a very specific energy coming out of Garcia at that time. Like he's really in his, um, shit. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 And so, and like, and that absolutely comes through during those passages. 
right? Where he can just stand up there and scream, right? And, uh, and so that's as much, that's what I was hearing as much as the like guitar tone, which is pretty, like it's sharp and it's a very unique thing. And there's not a ton of effect beyond overdrive. Still overdrive you on know? there, yep. Yep. And so it's, it's just him just standing up there bleeding, you know? And, uh, and so it's very, it's very specific in, in that way. And, uh, and it's really feel like more so like it actually feels like, uh, like it's coming, like he's expressing something as opposed to just noodling with the delay pedal on, which he also did sometimes, (laughs) you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta do, (laughs) I gotta go do, I gotta go do the space thing, you know? Right. Got to go play the space for the people. Right. But in 83, it's very like it's it's you're in it with him, you know. And so that's what uh, that's I kind of close my eyes. I'm like, yeah, this is 83. So hat tip to Jack. And he's just going to love the shit out of this. That so. was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Shout out, Jack. And that I would listen to that podcast. And I do listen to your current podcast. <laughs> uh, trying to be yeah, better thanks, with Joel man. and Steve, which everyone should check out. It's- that's right. More Steve. Yeah, everyone, everyone gets the idea at this point. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. That's funny. Thank yeah. you. Rich guessed 87. Very, very respectable guess. Why 87, Rich? Well, first of all, if you're going to go down, going down on an 83 space, is a, I, you got to tip your hat. I'll take that one. All right. I just wanted to make it through the first round. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, so... Um, first of all, I was praying that we were going to hear the wheel or miracle or anything, right? So I thought this was just a head fake, uh, but yeah. Um, but uh, what you know, it reminded me of like uh, the eighty-seven. Like, it reminded me of like a sharpness of. If I had to guess something, it, it's a sharpness um, which doesn't have the slight muffle of eighty-nine ninety. Uh, that's that is doesn't have 85 84 it, it just 87 is a little crisper maybe and if i had to roll the dice on something i you know would do that um again totally reasonable and uh, and you're not out of this yet uh, steve has one point after two songs of the three song final you have six but that's only five year difference um <clears throat> Uh, it's it's still very much a ball game going into the third and final song. Uh, that I got to tell you, I'm gonna have to go back to the drawing board. I mean, you guys are on another <laughs> level here. I, I mean, I just I just pissed away 35 years of my life for nothing. I come... <laughs> it's so funny you said that because I t- I told people I'm like this is the moment yeah, I've been waiting like, for. I've been training for this every day. <laughs> 30 years <laughs> i mean damn, damn. 80, 83 space god my friends are gonna love this Dude, <laughs> it's unbelievable the things you say like a sharpness or whatever because when you say those i can specifically tell you like jerry changed a piece of gear you know he has this sharpness in his pickups in his tone from 83 and 87 is very identical so really damn good uh informed guess there Damn, that's awesome, Rich. Yeah, good call. Uh, same same uh, tone there. So you were right on. This is this is this is another uh, league. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's hear uh, let's hear Jay's last song. Unless there's a tiebreaker.
was a roadside. I was born to be a bachelor. Althea told me, okay, that's fine. You know, now I'm trying to catch up. Can't talk to you without talking to me. We're guilty of the same. Guesses are in Althea at the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland on March 15th, 1990. Jay, uh, not exactly a space there. Why that Althea? Uh, I had to put Althea in here or else I felt like I would have been, you know, not doing a proper service to Jerry Tone. I feel like that's a sort of the definitive uh, song for Jerry Tone because you, you get a guitar and a setup and, and anybody that's into that music. One of the first things they always play is the snappy bass notes, uh, which no other guitar player had. I feel like those snappy bass notes that sound piano wire snap is like something that was the most unique um, about a sound. And for me, it was just the first tune that I heard that was um, sort of detached from the uh, I don't want to listen to the Grateful Dead. That's my dad's band. You know, I was I was like, oh, shit. OK, this there's something here. And it was sound, it was playing, and I go back and forth on 89 versus 90 as far as where Jerry was as a player. And you listen to 90 and you just hear all these sensitivity things going on that I don't know if he had in 88, 89. Like he just was such a master in that year on fire and uh, it sticks in my ears. But had to had to submit that one. <laughs> okay, well, both these guys got it. Um, Good job. Which means uh, Steve yeah. uh, gets the W. Uh, Rich, nice pull, though. How'd you know a 90 there? Well, I mean, oftentimes uh, uh, 89 and 90 can be, are very close cousins, but there's a particular space of 1990 within sort of the spring tour that's a unique 90 sound, sort of different from the rest of the year. And, uh, so that's what I heard. And, you know, that's a bit of my sweet, that, that's when I was, uh, deep into it. So it sort of played to my strength. Um, my, my strength generally isn't Morgantown, uh, spaces. <laughs> I didn't choose the order of these now. That's blame Mike for that one. <laughs> I mean, I tip my hat, Steve, dude. I thought Lindsay Park was deep. That was amazing. Morgan Town 83 isn't at the top of your playlist. That's what I wake up to. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you are on another level, dude. That I tip my hat to you, man. Uh yeah. Congrats, Steve. The run continues. Um yeah, any anything you want to add about that 90, Althea? Well, that was for you 
Jay, you mentioned sensitivity, and I think that's like that. That's a thing. And Rich, you mentioned the space in '92, kind of in the music. That's real, and I think that a lot of that has to do with Rosebud coming into the picture. The sensitivity, Rosebud, and I mentioned this probably my first time on here. Like, it's a more refined sound somehow. It's more like polite somehow, and and it and 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 he's also using. He's starting to use that little delay, that kind of trickle, just like a two or three hop delay on some of those flourishes in Althea, and that's really starting to happen in '90. And then the other thing for me is is the Ken Smith bass that Phil's playing, that wide neck fucking thing. Um, it like that thing when he hits those low notes, like whoa. So that's you know, so that that's that's a very specific tone. So that's kind of a giveaway on '92. But I I really appreciate what you said there, Rich. Like at eight ninety, like it's like they're they're there's it's like the space I think is coming because they're listening again back to the making it weird again. Like they're really listening to each other again instead of just going out and playing through the thing. You know, right, right, right. Yep, yep, yep. yep and they're yep. loose from the year before. Like they've gotten to that new height, and I think yeah, there's something. It's like uh, the way something just totally matures and ages beautifully. Like ninety was the peak of that eighty seven to. 90 street yeah. and i feel like there's a lot of that maturity element like they're like you know we're pretty yeah, good at this we can do this we don't have to well, like we, yeah. we might actually we might have actually gotten kind of yeah. good at this let's let's Explore let's that. play with that yeah. i think uh -huh. doug Irwin told me that uh, i don't know if he i can't remember if he told me this uh or if it was leo who told me but i got to talk to doug on the phone for a, a few hours one time randomly and it was just unbelievable because he just you know tells his stories and i'm sitting there going holy shit and uh but i think he i remember him saying that he named uh rosebud saint originally and and kind of made it as a protector for jerry um and and so when you kind of put that in mind uh that was like the guitar keeping jerry alive is is sort of how that's there's a lore to that i think uh which which makes 90 even more powerful for me to listen back to well, Steve, you are on to Great the job. next week. Jay, thank you so much for um, for coming on thank and you, blessing Mike. us with these great picks and all this insight. Thank you guys. Clearly, uh, everyone, the whole community appreciates what you're doing, and you're very good at it. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. This is a blast to be here, and and unbelievable to everybody. That was so cool. Yeah, and congrats, Rich, on the great run. Uh, really, you we're like one year off in total besides the 83 space. Uh, so, uh, uh, great, great run. Uh, really impressive. Loved everything I had to well, say. And I'm, I'm just really, I'm grateful for you to do this. It was so fun. I was really looking forward to it. As you know, Mike, Steve, sincerely, I, I first of all, I learned a ton, uh, from you guys and it was really, really fun. And I'm just so grateful to be here. Well, we appreciate it. And we appreciate right that on. forehead. Same. Too. I'm going to remember that one. That's great. Billy Kreutzmann, that's my edge. Billy Kreutzmann, he's in my head, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, congrats again, Steve, Jay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. For all the show links, including our YouTube channel, go to guesstheyear.net. If you want to be a contestant on the show, sponsor the show, or make comments and ask questions, email us at infoguesstheyear.net. Thank you to Where's Trey for providing this week's prize pack. Big shout out. Really, really cool designers who do everything by hand, and yeah, it's, it's worth checking out their art.
Shout out to Dylan who does all artistic stuff around here. James and Jack are also doing a lot behind the scenes thanks to them. Thank you so much for listening again. Thanks to the amazing tapers whose recordings made this show possible. Congratulations to Steve on the four-peat. To other contestants, thanks for playing. And remember, it's all one song anyway. And I bet you good night. Good night. Good night. And I bet you good night. Good night. Good night.